This episode of the podcast is brought to you by H&H Outfitters, the world's premier outfitter. Ain't nothing like it. Also by Pure Gold Chokes. You pull them, we pound them. goes out to all the big willies. Big wheel, the high roller, strolling through with an entourage. Hard to camouflage when you live in this lodge. I be smooth like the barge with a five-car garage. Out for the night with my squad, and we be flossing down to 15. My whole orb gleaming. Willy Willy. Kumo Dilly, straight out of Phoenix City. <laughs> At the table tonight, Will Hinton, the man, Georgia State champion. What's up, Will? What's going on, everybody? Not much. I don't, Kevin's over here eating peanuts again. All Alex right. is over here with his mouth zipped up. <laughs> yeah, come on, Alex. What do you got? Peanuts? All right, I'm done with the peanuts. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm talking. So, Will rode all the way over from Phoenix City, Alabama. It's just Phoenix City, Alabama. But, yeah, so. I mean, well, right, Columbus, same thing, right? Yep. And uh, to join us tonight, I appreciate that. And he has a big win that he wants to talk about or I want to talk about. I don't want to. I don't know if Kevin wants to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it at all. The Georgia State champion (laughs) finished number one. Yeah, he did. So, you go to the Georgia State championship. You were just talking a minute ago when you walked in here that your gun was broke. Well, the firing pins were broke. Something was no, wrong. No, it was it? a it was a ejector spring on my bottom barrel, so it was it would shoot. Um, but my bottom ejector kept going off every time I'd open the gun. Yeah, and you called Campbell and said, "Hey, I need you to fix this." I did. So initially, I was like, "Hey, I need you to fix this. I'm leaving for Colorado in about ten days to shoot," and I was like, "I'm just going to mail it to you." And she's like, well, "Why don't you just drive to Savannah?" Because I, I originally had not planned going to the Georgia State, so I ended up. So just, we can blame all that on Kimball. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you can blame. All right. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> no. So, uh, ended up just packing up my things, and I left Friday that morning. All right, what are you going to Colorado for? The World Championship Team Selection Match. You're going to win? That's always a plan. There's only one answer, Will. It's always a plan. Yes. Okay. All right, there you go. There you go. There you go. All right, so what did you think of the shoot at Far City? Uh, I thought shoot, the shoot was overall uh, really well. I kind of rolled in Friday, uh, saw the atmosphere and stuff like that, but I actually liked it. Uh, it was pretty good. Good courses, good targets. Um, which part exactly? Yeah, um, the targets were cool. Like the prelim was set by Rick Hemingway. You didn't shoot the prelim? I did not shoot the prelim. All right, so I shot the prelim. Was he there a water rabbit on Water there? rabbit. Yeah, then uh, uh, Batu skipping off the water. Uh, trampoline shot. He did some real cool stuff. Um, the lake course was set by Joe Skull. I think the uh, the shot on that course was Station One, the overhead towers. Tower. Towers. Did you kill them all? No, I went uh, dead pair. Dead pair. I was feeling powerful. Loaded up my last, and it was a glorious lost pair. Really? Yeah. You missed four birds on that. That was two. No. That was two. That was two. Oh, you went dead pair. Dead pair. Yes. Lost, lost pair. Lost pair. That's so six. Yeah. yeah. All right. Somewhere along there. The I'm second bird there. had a lot of curl to it. So like the long. Yeah. I don't know if it was a batu, but. The longer gap you got on it, I actually went straight my last shot. Yeah. I didn't expect to miss because I was like dead pair, dead pair, and then totally just picked my head up, missed the first one. I was like, well, I got this. Second. All right, let me ask you this. Me and Zach were sitting there debating on how to shoot that pair. Did you look back for it or did you let it come over your head? Um, No, I looked back for it just because I didn't like it when it got further out with right. the curl and stuff. So I looked, why? What did you do? I did not. I couldn't do it. I tried to look through that tree, couldn't do it. So I just let it come out over my head. Now, Zach turned all the way around. He does that. He's... And his first pair, he never got back to where he needed to be. And they both hit the water hole. <laughs> <laughs> but the next two pair, he got on them. Uh, but no, that was the shot for that. And then uh, Zach from Far City set the woods course, um, which I thought was was a good course. I thought the three in the field that were facing the the skeet fields, 
those three three shots right there. There was a big crosser, then the next station had a rabbit and a dropping bird. Yep. And then a tower shot. I missed that dropping bird. That was my that was yeah. my next last station. I missed it. Yeah, you should have shot with me. You'd have killed them all. Uh-huh. Um, Zach tried to shoot that dropping too. I shot it at the top. Didn't? No, I shot it like. Oh, no, did you? Yeah. The reason I. Not the reason I missed, but I walked up there and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. And I was like, well, I'm going to shoot the rabbit and I want to shoot the other one dropping. Yeah, that didn't work. Did Naturally, it? I went up there, first pair, shot the rabbit, nailed it. Shot, I was on the other one before I even blinked. Bunker trap shooter. I was on it. I just pulled the trigger and it blew up. And I was like, well, that's the way to shoot it. Yeah. Next pair. It was four pair. So the next pair do the same thing. And I hit it like probably not as hard. The yeah. front, the top. And I was like, got to change that. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. So naturally, do the same thing and I miss it. And I was like, whoa. Right, but then you let it fall. No, I shot it there again. I just barely chipped it, walked off. Okay, <laughs> but, right. but yeah, no, but yeah. it totally ruined my game plan. I wanted to shoot it dropping, but first right. I was like, no, I broke it hard there, so I'm gonna keep going. Right. Okay. Cool. Cool. So you were talking about just a minute ago as well that the you're in the army. Let's talk. Tell me a little bit about that. Um. So, MOS, which stands for Military Occupational Specialty. I'm in 11 Bravo, so graduated from OSIT, Sand Hill, did all that. But I'm assigned to the USAMU, which is basically the Army Marksmanship Unit. So shooter slash instructor there. I'm in the shotgun section on the international trap team. So I shoot bunker trap. That's my full-time job. Do that, and pretty much within doing that means representing the Army and traveling and shooting, stuff like that. All right. Well, since you said that, I got a question. Okay. Um, a couple people ask me this. I teach a lot of kids, and they ask, they always ask about you. Um, number one, they ask, how did he get into that? Number two, they want to know how that position becomes available, which okay. is probably a tough question. Uh, no, it's an easy question, but okay. it's a tough place to get. Yeah. So basically, we're a closed section. So it's not like in, enlisting in the normal army to become, say, a soldier, a shooter, or whatever. Right. Um, we're a closed section where there's only certain la- certain amount of slots allotted to us. So right now, there's actually been a big push to kind of get women more. than You know, they did away with the double trap, which was an, that was an army shooting thing. So they did away with that. So now they added this new event called the mixed team event, which means you have to have a male and a female shoot. So there's just as many spots for females now to go to the Olympics as there is men. So we're trying to kind of add women in right now. Um, but so since it is a closed thing, it just kind of depends. If somebody's going out of the team, that means a position opens up. If somebody goes out or if somebody retires or, say, uh, command comes down and there's more spots get available that's how that works so it's like it's a closed unit you kind of have to be i would say recruited um so basically you're telling me you got to know the right people yeah I, yeah i mean it's not like just knowing the right people when you can get in without any accolades or anything like that i mean you need to be a good shot yeah. but it's, but it's what's 100 knowing the right people and if you know one also joining the army that was a big commitment i didn't come from a military family nothing against that totally support it um but i didn't like not even I mean, my grandfather, no one was military. So for me, it was a kind of switch of pace. Right. But you had that commitment from the shooting team before you joined the Army, right? You had that nailed Yes, no, yeah. that, exactly. Okay. So okay. that's how that works. It's not yeah. like you would just enlist in the Army. Right. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, enlist no. in the Army and hope. No, yeah, no, that's a problem. People do that. You know, actually, I got no orders cut. So as soon as I graduated, you know, OSIT, I, they had no orders. So I was just gone. I was like just a rogue private, you know? Right. Um, I think Alex or someone on the team got orders cut for Korea. I mean, there's all sorts of kind of mess ups that happen. Um, so you just, we actually have a person, I basically a liaison for our unit that has to stay on top of that because <laughs> nobody, to be honest, a lot of the army doesn't know about the AMU um, because it doesn't fall under kind of the normal army or actually fall under U.S. Army Recruiting and Marketing Brigade. So our job is to kind of make the army look good um, and then do that via winning and shooting. 
But yeah, you have there's like a letter of acceptance before you even enlist sign one document that guarantees you will end up at the AMU. So like, you know, full bird colonel sign off on it and stuff like that, or maybe even a one star. Um, all right. So, all right, let's take the next step. So you've talked to the right people. You sign the papers. Who that, are the right people? Yeah. Who Will, are the, Willie? All right. So we need, now Willie's the right person. They need to get in touch with Willie. Yes. Uh. All right, so we'll have his contact information on the website later. Phone oh, number and address. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And his phone number. Oh, no, we don't. To all that. you ladies out there. Um, all right, so after you sign the papers, then what? And how hard is it? We want to know that. It's not hard. Excuse me. It's very unpleasant and very <laughs> uncomfortable, but it's not hard. Literally, So that's what I actually told myself um, even before I even went. I was actually the most nervous before I even went, specifically the day before anything happened. Yeah, I remember us talking about this. You were most concerned about the shower sessions, and I was like, Will, it's going to be okay. Oh, shower <laughs> They're drills. They're all... Oh, shower drills. Yeah, you get like a minute of shower, <laughs> cold water. It's great. Yeah. Why did uh, you mention the cold water, Will? What does that have an effect on? <laughs> it's very cold. And I went through I went through a wintertime skin. It's cold. Um, right, right, right. No, so basically, once you sign, you ship to basically a MEPS, which is kind of a processing facility. You go there you enlist in the army get all your shots they look at stuff and then depending on your mos you know a lot of people in the army go through basic training and then ait which is like say you're a radio person or something like that you would do that that's ait it's like individual training for whatever task you choose or job or specialty you do um since i chose 11 bravo because it's the shortest amount of training which means i would have gotten the amu the fastest and also as i get promoted you actually have to go to schools to gain rank and they actually have the shortest schools so say you're a mechanic instead of going to a 50-week course you go to a three or four week course okay. um so that's why i chose my mos so it was all at sand hill 16 weeks okay and one hundreds of thousands of people have done it that's why i kept telling myself oh but i, I did not like it not right bit. i can bet kevin would not have liked that at because all. you have to realize it's, it's it's like a great social experiment it's just a melting pot you get all different types of people from all different places and not the army is a bad place. Army is a great place. There's a lot of people there who just they went there because they didn't have any other options. Right. You know, the first day I got there, they were like, "Oh, well, why'd you come here?" And they're like, "Well, I just didn't have a lot going on at home. You know, you know, just kind of I wouldn't say the best and brightest people." And then you're around, they're like, "Well, why are you here?" And you're just sitting there, just, just well, didn't uh, wasn't the idea we talked about this? Wasn't the idea that not to let the drill sergeant know that you're going to be a shooter? And then about halfway through, he learned that you were. When you say halfway through, <laughs> you're talking about three hours in the first day. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, I remember that very clear. So first day I got there, they found out I was AMU, okay, which obviously there's a lot of shooting involved, you know, with M4s and rifles. So first day they were like, Hinton. So obviously, you know, I fall out and run in front of a formation. Well, if you're in the Army, you don't do that. That's a big no-go. Well, at this point, I was day one in, so there's a lot to learn. So I just get dr- yelled at, just smoke, push-ups, do all this great stuff. And it was a lot of fun. You just should have been there, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have to wake him up? Did he look at you? Yeah, he was awake. So they did that, and he was like, so I hear you're a you're a uh, professional shooter. And I, like, paused for a moment. <laughs> thought about what and was And thought about what was fixing to happen. He was like, that's all right. You can't talk. We can fix that. Do push-ups. So I was like, okay, well, here I am. This is, like, day one. I'm already, you know, pretty tired. So pretty much exhausted. He's like, on your feet. Get up. And he's like, let's try this again. So you're a professional shooter. And I was like, Yes, I'm a competitive shooter. You know, I'm not going to be boastful and kind of, you know, be a brat. And be like, ah, I'm a professional shooter. Get some, you know. And he was like, that's not what I asked. Do push-ups. And I was like, oh, boy. So, you know, there I get back down. I'm scared. Scared, to be honest. 
<laughs> so I get back up and he's like, let's try this again. I was like, yes, drill sergeant. I am a professional shooter. And he was and like, you should have added. I'm way better than you. No, that was, a <laughs> I know that I wouldn't be here today. Right. So, um, he said that and he was like, so he was like, well, how, what do you shoot? And I was like, shotgun drill sergeant. He was like, well, how are you with M4? And I was like, I'm not going to say I'm good again. Cause I'm going to be honest. Never shot a lot of M4s or iron sights or anything like that. I mean, I've shot it, but I've never shot a lot of it. So I was like, I'm proficient. That was the only word that popped in my head. And he was like, <laughs> he was like, well, you're ass better shoot expert or I'm burying you on Sand Hill. <laughs> and at that point, it was very clear. They knew exactly who I was the entire time. Right. Oh, good, good, good. No, awesome. it wasn't good. It, they knew. It, there's something called the penguin formation. When something bad happens, you just get in a big group and you kind of, they kind of lose you. They never lost me. They knew exactly where I was all the time. <laughs> awesome. So, when you when they were talking about this, how how long did it take before you shot the M4? Um, I mean, you don't shoot it on the first day. No, so you get assigned about the first day, but it's about what week six? No, yeah, about week six or seven, something like that. You have them the whole time to basically do ruck marches stuff like that. But yeah, then you start. You know, rifle marksmanship is about probably around week seven, six ish, I believe. And then it's pretty much all day. Wake up early, go to a range, shoot pop up targets from twenty five meters to three hundred iron sights, and then you get like a red, uh, red dot aim point and then you qualify with that so and this is so how did you do I did good I shot expert I actually missed one so I shot a 39 well why'd you miss well the sun was in I'm my upset. the sun was in okay, my there you go. No, I'm always just, yeah, yeah. have an excuse exactly always have an excuse <laughs> perfect so the next thing they're going to want to know is this so after you get done with that and you actually start your job with well, quotation marks why mark, you gotta say it like that um What's the job entail, Will? You know, what's your day? What, right. what do you do when you wake up? So, when I wake up, I generally run, uh, not every morning, depends on how I'm feeling. I ran six miles this morning. I'm hurting from it still. Um, I haven't ran six miles in my life. Yeah, so, and I, and I don't do that every day, it just depends. So, basically, PT, you know, before work generally, or after work, or both. Um, but once you get there, um, you have to call into a place called Alpha Base that will open up all the ranges on Fort Benning. So, range opens around 9 o'clock. I work on hook range, which is a shotgun range on Fort Benning. So we have four bunker trap layouts and four ski fields. Okay. Um, so nine o'clock, the range opens up. We have an ammo bunker. Go get ammo. Um, so I pretty much shoot all day. Unless, all right. well, it depends. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that has to happen. Um, if there's a lot of army, say training, like uh, there's something called mandatory training or anything like that, like just army program, might have to do some something like that. Print orders. I mean, so there's a lot of admin work. Um, but it's a shooting job. So, I mean, a lot of shooting going on all yeah. day. Yep. So, how, how old are you, Will? 22. You getting so old, Willie. I am getting old. Sounds like oh, a lot. He's, yeah. he's done a lot in his remember short me life. and Kevin at the Alabama State in 2010. <laughs> what happened there? I got beat. It happens a lot. I'm sorry. Is that why you you recruited him to the Dream Team? What's that? No. That's or did he recruit you? All, no, the, I recruit all the years of him asking for autographs. I was oh, like, I yeah, well. yeah. Did you really ask him for an autograph? Uh, absolutely, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. No, Kevin's got me in wins. I had to steal one from him in Alabama, though. Yeah. And, and I, finally, I finally won that. It took yeah. a long time. Yeah. Finally won that. Hard state. A lot of good shooters yeah. there, you know. We're tied on Georgia State Championships. Now we'll have a shoot-off next year. Oh, okay. Yeah. You, you're not, you didn't do good in shoot-offs. <laughs> Oh, there's Alex. He's laughing. <laughs> I do all right. Did you have a shoot off this weekend? <laughs> I did. Uh, several, a bunch. <laughs> I can't even remember them all. I remember the last one. Well, what was the last one? <laughs> it was for runner up. It didn't do too well. All the all the little guys. Not, no, I didn't mean to say little guys. Younger guys. Younger. Let's correct that. You younger guys. Little beat me down. They were shorter. 
Well, they are smaller. They were they were little. Tell me about the number seven target on the make or break. Who are you asking? Whoever was there to shoot it. All I know is I personally shot make a break, but now since I'm a trap shooter, that's my excuse. I only broke it twice, well, but I did watch it's you. A, sh- it's a rabbit. Yeah. Oh no, I watched Kevin shooting the shoot off from afar. Never, and watched, never hit it. Oh no, I watched him no, shoot I, it and I then hit it. no, he hit it. I think he hit it twice. And then he walked out of the stand. He was like, "I don't know who set that, but here, you try to break it." And looked at the guy who set it. And I was like, "Oh, and okay." And he never, never. That was Joe Skull. Yeah. He never touched it. Yeah. So what was it? A fifty-yard flying rabbit? Yes. You can hit it and it not break. Yeah. Just tink. Yes. Yep. Mm. All right, so back uh, back picking on this Army thing again. So an average week, how many shells do you shoot up? Mm. So I work Monday through Friday. Um, it totally depends on what I have going on. So I might shoot harder if I have nothing going on. I'll go out there some days I shoot 500. I've shot 1,000 a couple days. When I say a couple days, probably four or five days since I've been there, and I was hurting, so I don't do that anymore. I just did it. Um, G- my- give me a number, average. 2,000? Mm, yeah, somewhere close to that. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of shooting about it. So, say so basically, that's... All right, so your shot on bunker is basically straight away in quartering, okay? Yes. Yeah, so Which you, is 65 to 70% of a sport and clay course. So you're already going to kill all of those when you show up, you're right? Tur- you're, uh, yeah. I, this is not how this works. This is not how this works. Oh, yeah. Totally different. Works. Totally different creature. Yeah. And so you've already killed 70% of them. Okay. Okay. Then you've got a few incoming trash can lids you're I, not going to miss. I don't want to talk, inco- talk about incoming. <laughs> I don't want to talk about incoming. Then we all got a few crossers to deal with and a couple of rabbits. I was shooting Fetas, and I missed incomer on every peg I shot. And somebody looked at me they're like, it's just like a trap target. It's, no, it's, it's coming to you. And it's because like, your oh. gun set up high. I already pointed it. Oh, did, did you point? Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's the highest I've shot ever. But Yeah, it's pointed. I don't like the way. Over. I like his gun. Well, you're going to shoot over everything too, but... It's set off about like Kevin's that. got a Kevin's got his own his own mount, and my gun doesn't work for that mount. I'm just gonna look, if you were from making look, it, it right, would let work. me tell you something. There's two different extremes: is me and Willie. I'm as low as possible, and he's as high as possible. Oh so, yeah, we were always Matt. He kind of met Matt. Matt's in the, met in the middle. That's right. right. Yeah, we were from one extreme to the other. And he's left-handed. He's all messed. He's up. all messed. Yeah. Up. So, so tell, talk about this because this is what I'm interested in. You 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 joined the army and lost how much weight? No, so that's actually a mistake. I lost about it's technically ninety three pounds, but I lost I lost all that weight before I joined the army. I say hundred. I lost all that weight before I joined the army because there's actually an enlistment standard. Um, so once I did that, once I actually got in, I probably only lost fifteen more pounds. Hey, uh, Justin, you ever seen the movie Forrest Gump? Yes. When they take off running. <laughs> all right, so that's what Will did one day. He was out. Yeah. He yeah. showed back up a hundred pounds lighter. I was like, damn, Will, yeah. that's awesome. Yep, Georgia San Bernardino. And then I came that's back. Right. He's gone. Came back with a beard and a hundred pounds lighter. Good job. So, so you just exercised. Ate right, exercised. Yeah, so how I, long did I, it take? Uh, relatively fast, to be honest. It was within a year, year and a half. It was within a year and a half. Um, lost like 30, 35 pounds by just exercising and like 40 pounds through diet. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Now, I did all, all of the above. It, and it's not even a diet. Um, it was just more of like a lifestyle change. Drink a lot of water. I eat, do drink a lot of water. Eat yeah. a lot of salad. Yeah, I ate yeah. a good bit of spinach, but not a lot of salad. I mean, I just kind of eat whatever I want. <laughs> a good bit of off. spinach. Well, that's a, all right. I'm going to have to get on that spinach kit. I mean, Alex, Alex looked at me and he whispered iceberg, and I was like, no, Alex. Spanish. <laughs> I don't even see Alex sitting over there. Is he here? Is he here? Yeah, I'm, here. I'm here. He must be sitting in Zach's Alex, seat. You got to have a question about something. Oh, I got plenty. I, right. I just I just like listening to him talk. 
He's I per- call him sometimes pretty, just to hear him talk. He's pretty, ain't he? He is. Thank uh, you. Ask him something. I'll tell you what, he did. He sent me a picture the other day, and I went directly to Quick Clips and got a haircut just like his. He did. Yes, he did. Your hair looks like that? <laughs> yes, look. Let me see. It does. I told you. He texted me and asked me if I was coming to Georgia State or Snapchat, and I sent him something back, and he saw my hair, and he put, that is a beautiful haircut. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll be right back. And he, sent a, and he sent a picture, and he put, hashtag high and tight, hashtag Gator Creek Military. All right. All right. So, um, good question, Alex. Just, beca- just because I got a shipment of Able shirts today, I got to ask you, uh, Will, what shell did you shoot at the Georgia State? Mm. I shot Bornagis, specifically oh. the Bornagi Gold. I'll be. Got it from my good friend, Zach Keenbaum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're hammering, huh? Which shell, which one was it, 1250s? Uh, I shot the one ounce on Fetas. I shot some of the new papers, which are pretty They're bad. They're bad to the bone, yeah, I shot really good on those and the other two I don't want to talk about. But the ounce and eighth 1250s went hammer time. Uh, that's what I actually shot on both days on the main. Yeah, that's a good bullet. How did you, you like them then? Everything was I good? I do. So I shot a lot of the purple ones before, and they're also a good shell. But I personally thought the gold ones were a little softer in recoil, but break targets just as hard. Um, yeah, I was impressed with them. I really was, to be honest. So one and eight, did you shoot one and eight? Or? I do. I normally always shoot one and, uh, ounce and an eighth. And I thought it was going to kick more. That was my whole thing. Uh, when I got them, I was like, well, I have no idea how bad they're going to kick. You know, some of the... Some of them are going to be really snappy punch. I didn't know, but it was a pretty smooth shell. Yeah. So what a lot of people probably want to know is when you shoot different disciplines like you do, uh, a lot of people have to swap guns, uh, and I don't think you have to do that, right? I do not. I'm a big, big advocate for shooting the same gun at everything. Okay. Um, the only thing I kind of had to change is my gun does shoot high, as you mentioned. Yeah. Um, so I kind of ride the bottom edge or bottom line of targets. Which is Pretty impressive to go hang a 98 and have to remember to hang the bottom edge. But. Well, it's not, it's not as extreme as you would think, but I just... It right, should, it, right. Yeah. No, that was a good shooting, dude. That was a, that was a good course. Well, all right, so I know what I missed. So I shot 97 on that. I missed two on station 12, and no reason to miss it. It was a, a little quarter and out bird and a, a black belly bird out there at about 40. Missed that. And then missed a close trap bird toward the end, like on... Trap targets will get you. No, there were trash can lids at five yards on this one. All right, so I need to know which two you missed on that course. So, um, station 12, you had the rabbit kind of quartering in right, super so you, close. Yep. Um, and then that the bird that kind of arced around from right to left, yep. I missed one of those. Okay. And I missed on my, I think my second station in. I'm trying to think. It would have been 14. It would have been station 15 I missed on. All right, so that would have been station 15 was a, that was a trap you, bird, Will. Exactly. That was no, a trap no, 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 bird yeah, and a Shondell. On the right, yeah. I just hammered the trap bird. It was the Shondell from left that? to right. That was a flying trash can. You missed that? Yeah, I did. All I right, we'll it. have to work on that, buddy. The way I work on those <laughs> kind of short shots is we put pumpkins on sawhorses at 20 yards and we shoot them in the middle. That's too Try that at the Army next week. That's shoot up, uh, I don't know, four or 500 of those. Okay. Miss that. I got to get all the pumpkins. What shells you shoot in the Army? Fiochi, 24 gram, 1350s. They're the Exacta series. How many how many uh, pallets have y'all ordered? I know you told me over the weekend. I thought it was pretty impressive. So we have multiple contracts to get shells, but I mean, I would say there's somewhere around like 37. I mean, there's three warehouse fulls of just nothing but pallets of shells. A few federal papers in there, but we're shooting Fiocchi right now. Huh. Mm. And we so have y'all a, don't ever run light? No. How no much, we, how, do, we do not run light. What All do right. they charge you for a flight of shells? <laughs> Um, wow. <laughs> they pretty much got me, so I kind of get those for free. That's right. Great. Um, uh, all right. Let's 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 move on to will and shooting. All right. All right. Let's just start from the beginning. 
what kind of mindset you get in before, like Georgia State, you know, your pre-shot routine, stuff like that. Can you go into that with us? Uh, yeah, I will. So in the beginning when I was a young shooter, obviously everybody talks about pre-shot routine and stuff like that, but there's different types of people. Um, from one extreme, you have Kevin to Michael. On the other extreme, you have, you know, Corey, who's an absolutely great shot. But some people like to shoot slow. Some people like to shoot fast. Um, I'm a little bit in the middle, kind of towards the fast side, because I'm, and this is just a me thing, I feel like if you get too wrapped around a pre-shot routine, a hold point or something, you're actually, you're behind the stand versus out there looking at the target. You know, this game, a big majority of it's gun pointing. So a lot can be said for you calling pull, looking at the target, and when it's right on the end of your barrel, pulling the trigger. A lot of targets can be broke like that. I would say the only reason you can kind of incorporate the other side of it is when stuff gets tight and you get tight, being able to control that and kind of manipulate that pressure, knowing you can break it, that's when that stuff kind of comes in. Mm. That was well said. Yeah. I, I got to give you a well, – let's give it a <laughs> – There we go. Well said, said Willie Nation. Yeah. That was good. That was good. That's about the best. And I, and I did that. You know, I have a pretty fast tempo. You know, I don't know if a lot of people have shot with me. I know Kevin has. Um, but so, like, on my last station, it was actually the towers on the lake – or the woods. Yeah, it was the towers on the woods, which – wasn't a hard station. No, but it wasn't friendly. Well, I'm going to no. be honest. If you're tall, and probably was the same thing for you. Well, it, I was looking was, at straight green bar. So like, I had to shoot him 30 yards left of the pine tree. That's yeah. right, because uh, Zach Keenbaum was in front of me, and he literally said he had a two-inch gap to see the bird over the pine oh, tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. And actually, Rick Hemingway called me yesterday and said, what would you think of the targets and the shoot? I said, everything was great. Awesome. Y'all did a fantastic job. If there's one thing to talk about, if you got a tower shot, just take, take, the, the, take the top Take off. the bar off, and then... We had perfect shoot. Yep, that's, that's, I, can, that's I completely it. agree. You know, we got midgets like Kyle Millwood. They didn't have a problem. They didn't even Bell, see it. Belly it was belly tar. They never even saw the top. I know. Yeah. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> I'll call you later and apologize about that. There you go. No, but no, you're exactly right. So I thought, I didn't feel handicapped on that, but I mean, it was certainly not as easy as it could have been. I was impressed with Kyle. Kyle won Kyle, the super sporting. Kyle won the super sporting. He did good. I want to talk about super sporting that. Did you shoot that? I didn't shoot bad, but I shot super sporting and 12 gauge an hour before the main event. Or sorry, no, it was hour before FITAS. And I walked the entire course and I was pretty much like shuffling the entire way because I didn't have a ride. And people were like, why are you walking? We're like, because I don't have a golf cart. Because sir, he's cheap. That's why I didn't <laughs> No, because I just last moment think. So, yeah, I shot both of them back to back. Shot a pair of 47s on both. I mean, not good enough. To so, Kyle beat you. You tied a good one. Yeah. Thank Ky- you. Yeah. Ky- that Kyle- you, Alex? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You shot a 47, Alex? I promise you yeah. I didn't get beaten either one of them. Listen, <laughs> I didn't get beaten nothing. I didn't shoot neither one of them. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> Alex, you shot the Super Sporting? Yeah. 47? 47. That's pretty good. Mm. Yeah. Tied a good shooter, Alex. Yeah. yeah. The only problem is they had a they had a tower on that, too. And you yeah. saw how many. We're going to – matter of fact, I, I watched Alex shoot a lot this weekend. and He's good, he can he? he can kill a dove with anybody. Anybody, I'm telling and you, I've seen sudden, him do that. Yeah, He's bad. These, these tower shots have got his number, so we're going to work on you that. You could not have lifted me on a tower <laughs> and shoot the trap out of mist. <laughs> I have oh, no boy. idea what happened. He's been talking about those towers for two days. Yeah, that and fans. Uh, I can't sleep at night. I actually walked in here. I said, "Hey, Alki said tower. What? <laughs> right, right, right. All right. So the pre-shot routine, you went so, over that. Yeah. So I would say. Um, I've been shooting for so, you know, right now I've been shooting for about 10 or 11 years. It's kind of became automatic. Like when I walk up in a special sporting. So when I walk up in a stand or something like that, I'm not going through the motions of, okay, well, here are my feet, here are my whole point. And that kind of happens automatically. And that's just nature of experience in doing the game so long. Um, I will catch myself though. Like I told Kevin, there was a particular target, the one I missed, um, 
my next to last station on the woods course, walked up there and I had a plan. I was like, I'm going to walk up here. I'm going to shoot this target drop. That's an important part. It's a very important part. And, but the problem was I didn't follow my plan. I just kind of did something and pulled the trigger before I meant to. Luckily I broke it hard that pair. And I was like, well, that, you know, that just kind of disturbed everything I had going on at that point. I was, you know, 13 stations straight and I was like, okay, we're 12 stations straight. Um, so I almost have to kind of reassess that and say, okay, I should have went with my plan or something like that. But I don't, pre-shot routine, I would say it's subconscious at this point. So how important is a plan? I think a plan is very important. I think it's important on all aspects when it comes to hold point, when it comes to where you want to break, especially vision. I'm a big vision guy. Um, if you don't have a plan, say you, say you lock on a target visually out of the trap or something like that, you know, if you're going to try to ride it and hold that focus on it for such a long time, your eyes are going to wear off. You're going to come back to your barrel. You're going to do something like that. So I think having kind of a good plan on where you're visually going to say pour on the intensity and look at it and break it to that spot, I think that's critical. So do you pull your gun up and say, all right, I'm going to break it here and hold it here? I don't do that. No, I'm not that guy. I will not. What nothing about- against it. I won't mount before I shoot a pair. I'll kind of look at them, have a good idea, um, you know, visualize a little bit, but I, I'm just, I won't mount my gun and do that. You, do, you hold your hand up and do all that? During show pairs, yes. But once I'm in the stand, I'm ready to roll call pull break them if they broke keep on rolling if they didn't break just fire try to break them next time (laughs) i've never seen somebody shoot as fast as kevin i think kevin he puts like nitrous on when he gets up in the box look dude it feels um, a lot of times it feels you even watch a show pair i don't think you can watch kevin actually was going to come to usa shooting but there was a discussion of banned substance and stimulants so he didn't come over yeah yeah that worked out good i wanted to come over there and practice for the world all around and will told me I no that wasn't i was out of my control that was actually during who who was your boss mark weeks mark weeks told me i couldn't come yeah but it was because of our current we had a function going on mark holler at me holler at me mark won't talk he's a good guy Okay, <laughs> you don't want to do push-ups tomorrow. No, <laughs> no that, we actually no, we actually had an event going on. That's the only oh, reason. Okay, all right, all right, just checking. Alex, what do you think about the shoot Georgia State shoot? I thought it was great. I think all the target they were not only were they good targets, they were fun targets. Like I would say, nothing was over the top. The no. closest thing to it was the tower. Yeah, yeah, which it, was awesome. And you still the, you watched the guy shoot in front of you, and you said, "I want to get in there and get some of that." Right, it and was, it was fun. Literally, it's the only target I've shot at the entire year that I smiled when I missed because I was like, "Are you serious?" <laughs> I mean, because it was that shot. Yeah. I mean, you walked up there, you could be a hero or a zero in a minute. Yeah, I liked it. It was it's, awesome. it's one of those stands where instead of thinking it as a course layout, if you took every station independently, you think you could run it and stuff like that. You're like, "Yeah, I wouldn't miss here." But when you throw them on a course, obviously you're going to miss that tower station. If it was a standalone event or station. I would have said it's acceptable to miss there. So that's yes, like me. You know, I'm right. a dead pair, dead pair, lost pair. I didn't walk away frowning. You know, I was like, that's going to happen. Yes. That's, that's yeah. just that station. Yeah, I, I missed two, and I felt it was it was part Probably of the course. Four was higher in our squad, wasn't it? Yeah, I think anybody, everybody. I think everybody dropped at least two. In, in all different orders. Yes. I was like dead pair, lost pair, dead pair. Right. Yeah. Glad it wasn't four pair. I, I would have missed again. Lost, dead, lost, dead. Yeah. Dead. Gotcha. See, all Bryce, right. I'm looking at the – the main event here, Bryce Grantham, runner-up, Clint, and then Kevin. Yeah. Hmm. Two he shot the same score. Cousins, Look at his score. Cousins on the podium. Yeah, that was pretty pretty neat. Oh, Clint. I saw the picture. Will and Clint were smiling, and Bryce was standing there. He was mad. Did Bryce beat you in the shoot-off, Kevin? He did. Mm. He did. I don't think Bryce was mad. I just don't think he smiles for pictures. He's just not a big smiler. He's, he's, not, a, he's, he's not. He's got yeah, that tough guy pose. He does. It's like candy. Alex. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of a tough guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I moved to Double A, and I see Andrew Wykey. Mm. Yeah. I mean, he that's great shooting. He shot. Really, he shot, he shot a, really strong the first day. He shot a really good FITAS score too. What did he shot? I hadn't looked at that. He shot a ninety-one, no ninety-two. Um, wow! Second time ever. Yeah. His first like, full hundred targets on FITAS. Is that yes. the kid you? Co- is that a kid you coach? Yes, I think I met. They got him, the yeah. same mount. No, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so the mount you remember him from I the mount? I know exactly it's who we're talking about. Mount. I think the I think Andrew's mount is worse than Kevin's. Well, it's because he's got a. He's got arms. It's like an are, octopus. Well, that's right. He's got octopus arms. They're about eight foot long. His neck's two and a half foot long. I believe how that works is he has more than two arms. Not that they're necessarily long. No, it's like a couple of them stuck together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yep. He can actually tie his shoes standing up. Straight up. Never bends at the waist. Never met somebody like that. It's no. incredible. That's kind of, what is his yeah. length of pull? <laughs> I don't know. 25 inches. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin used to be a trim carpenter. He put in, he put in a big spacer. Yeah, big spacer. <laughs> so, all right. Fetas targets were good. Yeah, Fetas targets were good. They I had just brought a, that up. They had a. They had one. Good, they had a good one. Yeah, they had a good layout. Zach said it was the hardest parkour he had um, ever shot. He's yeah. been saying that for three weeks. Every <laughs> station not, we shoot, he says that. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought two, three, and four were pretty straight up. Station uh, uh, the number one layout was the real deal. I I I think three was harder. No, no, it wasn't. There's way. no way. Crazy. Absolutely not. Everything in three I mean, was inside 40. Well, maybe I need to practice. <laughs> three was oh, 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 it had a tower. That, yeah, that, that was a problem. It no, had a tower. Three was difficult. One was hard. Yeah, one was a real deal. Yeah. I shoot hard targets better than difficult targets. What'd you shoot on one? 20. Oh, you got me. I okay. shot 19, a glorious 19. Well, you still beat me by 20, so. I killed, <laughs> I killed 24 of them papers. Them papers are bad. On parkour one? Yeah. That's good. Really so good. rolling into that, I was on 96, knowing 95 was high, and made it all the way to the pairs on three and missed, oh. missed the A bird. Yeah. Did you look at the scores before we shot uh, oh, yeah. sporting? Sport, no. Bryce wanted to tell me what the scores were, and he said, <laughs> he says, we're on station one. He goes, boy, Will shot good. And I was like, don't tell me. And he goes, okay. He goes, what do you think you got to do? I said, I guess I got to kill 100. He said, you better. <laughs> so when I missed the first one, I was like, well, there went that. We uh, we got on the cart after our first stand going to the second. And Zach leaned over. He said, look at this. And he had the scores up. And he's like, oh, you didn't want to see it? And I was like, well, I'm already out. <laughs> right. He yeah. te- he, Zach texted me. He put good shooting today. He put, too bad. I'm going to straight this course and beat you. And I was like, that's the mentality right there. He said, he said, you can't think like that. I said, well, they ain't going to throw 102 targets on this course. <laughs> <laughs> you shoot show pairs, Alex. Uh, there you go. Good. Yeah. They, they, we ought to try that. I'll try that next time. So, mindset. Yes. Talk about that a little bit. How do you, how do you get yourself ready to go shoot? I would say I don't get over amped up because if you do that, you're just you're going to change everything you got going on. Um, been shooting for kind of you know quite a while now, so you just you have to be confident in what you're going to do. You've shot plenty of targets, and you just got to trust it. I would say I would have to. I did that more this weekend than I have in a while because I haven't shot any sporting since the world all around. Um, it was actually good, obviously in the main event um, five stand. It was good. Kevin got me. Shot very well on that. Hey, but feet, but fetas it flickered. I was like 24, 20, 25, 19. Granted, there were harder targets, but it just kind of flickered back and forth. But it's, it, I would say just I would don't get overly mindset is you're there to win. Uh, but you just got to realize you can't let up. So it's, I shot first day of the 3 o'clock rotation. It got super dark. It was dragging on. It was hot. But 
you know, you just got to keep the mentality. You just got to look at them when you pull the trigger. Yeah. But also with that whole mindset thing, don't you think that, you know, you can, you can consider yourself, you know, a professional because it's what you do every day. Right. Right. So it's, it's like the conversation has been back and forth about what to do with masterclass. And don't you think it's, uh, I don't want to call it unfair, but if you've got 10 pros that show up to a shoot and it's all they do every day, wouldn't you say the average guy doesn't really, he doesn't stand a whole lot of a chance. No, Bobby's not going to do too hot. In he's situation. not, I mean, he, he's going to do his best. Okay. I'm not saying anything bad about anybody who's got a regular job. Yeah, I had, I had one for a long time. It, it's different. It's different because there's, you've got, you, you do it every day. There's people who take this stuff seriously. So, I mean, there's in this and people can either agree or disagree with what I'm about to say, but people actually kind of forge their own game where they have stuff they can't even teach. They can't even explain, but they go that extra 1% to break targets to make money because that's their livelihood for whatever reason. And some of the people aren't going to do that. They want to show up. They want to have a good time. They obviously want to break targets, but there's some people who just want it that much more and are going to go that much further. All right. That's, that's a good point. So I have a real job, Alex, Will, I guess he's got a will, a real job, a will job. He's yeah. got a will job. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. I like yeah. it. A will job. So, but Kevin shoots for a living. So uh, why is my job? Why? Didn't it? <laughs> All right, yeah, you shoot for a living. Will, finish, finish what you're saying. Will right. said he has to cut grass on Thursdays on his uh, trap field. Promise you. I'm All right, so Kevin's got a he, Kevin's got a real job as well, but his real job consists of stuff we like to do, which is shooting. Right. So when you when you go to a tournament, Kevin, are you in a completely different mindset than you would have been if you were still a trim carpenter? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. because it's, because it's your livelihood. Yeah. Well, all right. So it's totally different. All right. So when I had a regular job, I had to I had to separate from that. Okay, because like when you're trying to make money, support your family, pay the house payment, everything else, your mind is on that. Okay. You're focused on that all the way till Thursday afternoon or Wednesday afternoon, whenever you leave to go to the tournament, then you have to switch gears. When you're a coach and we're looking at targets all week and we're steady looking at targets, whether I'm shooting at them or not. And you know, a lot of guys are going to agree with this. It doesn't matter if you're pulling the trigger on them, you're watching, you're standing behind the gun, you're seeing what's going right, what's going wrong. It's helping you, okay? And you're already thinking about the tournament coming up. You don't have to switch gears, uh, which in turn makes you a lot more confident, which, to be honest with you, when you get to a certain level, it's all about confidence. I mean, it's... Absolutely. I mean, you know, you know, there's 20 guys out there. If they got the confidence that weekend, they're going to beat you, okay? And, uh, you know, for me, that, that that's what the difference is. Um, I, can, I can focus on one thing and, uh, you know... I've been shooting, been shooting good since so I started doing this full time. I was going to say, so you shoot better now than you did. Yeah, I was, I was, I was always hanging with them, but now I, I'll give them a run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For fourth place. <laughs> well, that's right, fourth place. That's right. Still good, man. If I'd have went, I'd have been. If I like, I'd have been like sixty eighth place. Yeah. Shoots better when his wife's there. That's what yeah, Ron, that's what I Ron do. says. She does. I do. I like literally. She's been. She's been on the course with me about every about every main event this year, right? Except for the first day of the Georgia State, I shot my worst score. <laughs> so, might need to look into that. Hey, uh, World English next week. Make sure you're close, okay? Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about going overseas. David Radulovich texted me yesterday and said that he's going to carry uh, the podcast overseas. Well, good. He can probably put it in that San Francisco hat. There's a lot of room up there. <laughs> I made him take that hat off. 
That's the only super size this thing is. You could have yeah. put like a bowling ball in it. You could. It's huge. Yes. Yeah, well, cool. I hope he does do that, and we'll get some real cool people on there. Um, we may even get the target setter on there, which would be awesome. Ooh. Who's setting the target? Digweed. Digweed setting Is the setting them? Yes. Wow. That is very interesting. Yes. Alex, sorry you don't like towers. You shouldn't go. No, no, I don't think I'm going to make that <laughs> Let me trip. tell you what they got that I don't like that I shot today. <laughs> driven. I can kill a driven dove all day, but if you make it a target, I just panic. Where's that? So, what? Where's the driven bird at? That's it's what coming, they're going to throw. It's from a tower oh. coming to you. So. Straight at you. Right, yeah. yeah. If we can figure out how to put an extra shell in your gun. Yeah, if I got three on him now, I'll kill him. <laughs> that would make Alex that much more scared because tar- the towers aren't going away from you. They're coming towards you. Straight mm, at he'd you. He'd run. Mm. Literally, last time we went, they threw one out of a cloud. And I don't know how they got cloud. that trap. I'm serious. <laughs> we're on the side of a hill. The whole team standing there. We're watching, and this target, there's no trap to be seen. And the guys were like, pull. And it floats out of a cloud <laughs> straight at us. And it keeps going down the mountain. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. have no idea where it came from. So why don't we see a lot of driven birds in tournaments over here? Well, we because number one, number one reason is safety. Okay, over there they don't care. You better put your glasses on, your earplugs. So in. you're shooting straight up and the shot falling down on you. Well, and the pieces hit you ah, over true. there, and they don't care. You know, you go, you go shoot at EJ Churchill, you're gonna get shot. I'm not talking about like shot like hurt, but I, I mean, I can remember holding a scoreboard. I mean, a score sheet for somebody last time, just holding it. And there being ten BBs rolling around on top of it as I'm as I'm trying to keep score or whatever I was doing, and you know they the place is so tight and you know really yeah nobody gets hurt over there, but safety is not as big an issue there as it is here. Okay, if we get hit by one little crumb, you know we're gonna cry over there. You're gonna get a band-aid and get over it. Yeah, the only yeah. driven target I've seen was at the U.S. Open last year in Georgia. You yeah, made, on Anthony. The five, on the, Did on Anthony set? No, Rick set that on, on the, the five, on stand. five stand. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. And, and I think there might have been one on Super Sporting too, but yeah, that's the only one I've ever seen. I wondered why that was. Yeah, the, the, it's 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 hard to pick a spot to throw a driven bird without pieces falling so, on the crowd. Or so who. how do you shoot a driven bird? <laughs> I, well, let's just ask. But let's Will. let's ask Will because I don't know. I think, yeah, maybe I, I Will might know. I do not have the textbook answer for this. I mean, um, Anthony told me to start from behind it. No, I do. I straight start from behind it and rip it. If it's long, it means big gap. If it's really long, it's a bigger gap. Right. Um, because it, be, it, to, it totally freaks you out. You can't see below your gun at that point. So right. you have to start, in my opinion, and this could be totally wrong, it's just what I do, I have to start below it to see it, to know where it is, and then I just rip straight through it. Obviously not out of control or anything. It may look that way. Um, <laughs> but, so Pray that, and spray. Yeah, I mean, that's what I would say. Um, because honestly, trying to connect it and pull away, it's, it's below your barrel. It's, you can't see it. I mean, that's just my opinion on it. So yeah. I would say to a certain... you got to be really on line with that target. No, too. absolutely. So I, I would say it's more of a swing-through approach. And I, like I said, this is just what I do, and it could be wrong because there's no sustain. There's no actually seeing... Well, you could see it, match it for a split second, pull away on it, but the problem is it's constantly below your barrel. So you right. know, if you're trying to maintain that, some type of connection... You can't. You you can't. And right. that's just my opinion. Now, I'm well, sure I agree with that. It's hard to stay connected because you block it out. Exactly. So I think to some degree you almost have to actually come from behind it, see it, and then come through more of a swing through kind of method. Yeah. Where are you going overseas? Friday? Yeah. We're leaving. What time are we leaving around? 7.30 from Atlanta? Yes. At night? Yeah, that's a 10 yeah. there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you get there on? We'll get there Saturday at 8.30. <clears throat> So we get there Saturday and probably not doing a whole lot. I would imagine on Saturday, Sunday, we got to like, we got three days of practice. So we'll, 
we'll mess around, practice some, go to the different, uh, go to the different ranges around there and shoot some, and uh, maybe, maybe kill a pigeon or two. Hopefully, Zach and Desi will line something up and we can kill some pigeons, do something. But we're gonna have a good time. We'll shoot that. Then the following Monday, we fly to Paris, and then we got like a whole ten days to kill or something. We're gonna do something. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and we've been to Paris before. Paris. Yeah, we like flew through there. I hadn't. I was, like, I right, was so in that area. Close. He said he flew uh, through there. Yeah, I flew through there. But <laughs> Kevin's not a sightseer. If it doesn't, you know, if we're not shooting targets or shooting feathers or blowing hair off something, I'm just, you know, he's not a vacationer. I mean, I'll go look at it. It's I heard, great. You, were, I heard you were a driver. I do drive. I'm, I'm one bad dude behind the steering wheel. On the wrong side of the road. Wrong side of the road. Wrong gear shift. Uh, the roundabouts are wrong. Gear shifts on the left hand side. Of you. The kids walk in the center of the road, which. The, it was not almost last time. <laughs> it was panic. Almost hit one. Um, so yeah, I'm the driver. Matter of fact, went and got my driver's my my overseas driver's license earlier today from AAA. Did that. I'm ready. Let's do it. What? You got to have a driver's license when you go over there. And my and they only last for a year. Are you kidding? You're an international no, driver. I would have never thought about no, that. International driver's license. You ought to see. I wish I had it. With, you ought to see this picture. So I forgot you had to take a picture. Did you have a hat on? No. Nah, no. Nah. <laughs> I didn't have a hat on. Did you have on your Abel's jersey? No. I had on a hook shirt. Ah. It looks good. It looks good. So you'll be over there for about a month. Is that right? Yeah, about a month. So when you go over there, all right, let's start. Let's talk about this. When you qualify for Team USA. Yep. All right. What are you responsible for? And what is Team USA responsible for? Can we talk about Selling that? Selling tickets. Yeah. All right. So we are... We we were responsible to sell uh, $1,500 worth of uh, Kriegoff and Blazer tickets. Um, and that's besides, for what, a gun? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a chance at a gun. All the proceeds go to Team USA. Two guns. Yeah. Ten of them are Kriegoff, and five of them we got to sell for the Blazer. It's one in 250 for the Blazer, one in 500 for the Kriegoff. And we sell those to raise money. And really, I mean, you make the Team USA, it's a, it's a pretty cool deal. They, you know, they handle... All the airfare, rental cars, uh, entry fees, hotel. So you pay for nothing other than what you want to do. Pretty much. If you just, you know, if you want to go sightsee, a little bit of that. If you take your family, obviously you got to cover that. But, uh, I mean, it's a it's a cool deal. That's why a lot of people, you know, chase that qualifying deal. You know, the regionals and U.S. Open, nationals, that sort of thing. It's, 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 it's good. Good stuff. For sure. So... You look at Team USA for the past few years, and it's the same people on Team USA every year. Right. When do you think that will change? That's, and that's kind of a weird question, but when do you think some of these other shooters that are coming up in the sport are going to take over some of the guys that are up there right now? That's, that's going to be difficult. Yeah, that's going to be – Being on the young end of that, and I'm not even saying I'm in the same league as some of these people, that's going to be difficult because like hanging around if you haven't met Bill McGuire. Yeah, it's going to be – it's going to be – yeah, I mean, they could do it, okay? But it's going to be – it's going to be a struggle. I mean, you got to figure people like uh, Corey Cruz and even Anthony. I mean, the, the two of them don't even try, okay? What I mean by that is they, they've got their job and family and stuff like that. I mean, Corey – Corey's already won the U.S. Open this year. He's got a number one in the qualifying for Team USA, and I don't even think he shot a regional. Okay, so I mean, he he would be sitting good if he'd go shoot. He'd make the team, but you know, so you got guys like that. So literally, you know, the talk is if we picked a, a squad to go shoot overseas, we're going to win. 
and I believe our B squad would win too, and maybe the C squad. There's I a mean, part two to that question you just asked too, Justin. All right, what, go. So part two is you have to realize a lot of this younger end people that I, I would say they necessarily don't know what they're going to do yet. So you look at Kevin. He obviously shoots professionally. That's what he does. That's his M.O. A lot of these guys, they actually still do it, but they have their own jobs. They've kind of established that. Well, a lot of these younger people coming up, do they try to pursue shooting and try to make money at it? Do they go to school? Do they join the Army? So there's a lot of stuff in having that going on in your life. Right. Well, I would say take away where you have all these other guys. They're in this sport. That's what they do. Yeah. Um, that Well, that's that's a big – you're right. The guys that are going – well, I mean, look at it. Look at it. I mean, name your five, you know, six sporting guys, your five FITAS guys. I mean, literally, you know, all of them are in it. I mean, Wilgus, you know, he's got a regular job, but – that dude is right. He's in it. Yeah, you know, I mean, absolutely. he's in it. So, uh, you know, it's all about how much effort you want to put forth. And it's, it's a commitment. It's not a, you know, it's not a fly by night kind of go have fun. I'll, hopefully I'll make the team. You, so, so you really just need to do this for a living. Decide you're going to do it for a living. And then you can get on team. Yourself and get uh, negative. <laughs> all right. You better think that three, four minutes. Yeah. You better think that three. Yeah. <laughs> So it's uh, it's complicated, yeah. So what are you doing next, Will? What I mean, um, I will be shooting, obviously hook range training. Um, we have a shotgun demo Friday, so there is the equivalent of a two star general, but a civilian coming down. It's kind of our boss. They approve budgeting and stuff. So we'll do a demo for that. On hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. All right. So when did you learn how to trick shoot? Because I don't remember this. It's always been a secret talent. I just do it. I just don't let you know about it. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you can hit actually hit a watermelon in there. Yeah. Well, you got okay. you said pumpkin on a fence, and if it's sitting still, I don't have a big I don't have a chance. But if it's moving, I got you. I'm okay. It. All right. All um, right. But no. So me and actually two other teammates, and actually uh, two of our E7s, Mark Weeks, Josh Richmond, even Glenn Eller, they also do the trick shooting exhibition. It's kind of their main thing aside from shooting themselves. So yeah. So Did that, you say shooting themselves? Shooting. As in they shooting. They, okay. All right. All right. I just want to make sure nobody shot themselves. All right. I got you. I got you. Shooting comma themselves. Comma. Okay. Yes. So, gotcha. um, so do that and then pretty much train. I think we're leaving next week for Colorado Springs for that selection event I was talking about. Then from there, we go straight to Texas, take a little bit of time off. Then we go back to Texas. Then we take about three weeks off and then we go back to Colorado. All right. I got one quick question about that time off deal. All right. So obviously you're a shooter full time. Okay. Yes. So that's fun. Okay, that's what a lot of people do on their free time. But what do you do for fun on your free time? It's obviously not shooting. It, it shotgun. totally changed. Like I'm going to say, you have to learn how to do shooting as a job. Yeah. Um, because you know, before I was in school, I shot sporting clays mainly, and also I worked with my dad and I frame houses. Whereas now, shooting is my job. So my sp- my spare time, it's like I just kind of sit here. I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, but no, I do a, do a lot of fishing. It's, it's a movie reference. But anyway, so I do a lot, do a lot of fishing and a lot of hunting. Um, so that's pretty much it. You know, do they have places to hunt down there where you, where so you work? Fort Benning is a hundred, around about 187,000 acres. Whoa. Only, only about 60,000 is actually infrastructure. Can you, so can you bring people to hunt? Yeah, you can get a pass. So a lot of hog hunting. Really? Actually, really? actually do I need to talk to Mark Weeks about no, that? No, you can talk to me. Oh, I can a, talk to you yeah, about yeah. this. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I actually do a lot of crow hunting on Fort Benning because... As you know, being a shotgun shooter, when people are like, you hunt? You're like, yeah, we deer hunt. And you're like, no, birds, wing shooting. And they're like, what? People do that? Right. So I actually crow hunt all over Fort Benning. Um, but yeah, so I would say do a lot of hunting, a lot of river fishing. Uh, right there, the Chattahoochee comes through Columbus. So You learned how to swim? Yeah, I'm good at it. Okay. A lot of, right, I, I used to have a lot of buoyancy. So I remember I, when we used to fish, Will, and you wore those swimmies. It was weird, but... 
I'm glad you graduated from that. So I'm just kidding. So when just you're hunting kidding. on this this government lar- installation, Fort Benning. Yeah, that's <laughs> no, that's go, ahead, go ahead. So all right, <laughs> have you ever been in a restricted part of that? Oh, an inclusion area. Yes, I have. <laughs> yes, I have. Well, I on was, accident, me and my friend were turkey hunting one morning, <laughs> and what you don't know is. Who was your friend? Derek Haldeman. Okay, we got to make sure we throw you've, him. You've met Derek. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know him. Yeah. So on Fort Benning, they close areas and they open areas up depending on what's, what kind of training environments are going on. They might have a field training exercise and an actual line unit will go out there and do like a mock training. So, Similar to a WMA. No. No. Totally, no, totally no, different. No. Unless you got a bunch Alex, of guys walking around M4s just shooting stuff. Alex yeah. said something. Yeah. So, I'm, well, hold on. I don't know what type of WMAs Alex goes to. Gator Creek. He don't uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So he ain't never stepped I was on the on wrong WMA. part of one at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah. I got a ticket for it. So we were sitting right there, and we were turkey hunting, and they were having, like, the Ganey Cup, which is actually a tank competition, a tank shooting competition. And like, I would love to come see We're sitting right that. there in the woods, and all of a sudden, you're... <laughs> and it just rattled the windows in my truck. And I was like... I, I, got, I felt like I... Got, I was like, what in the hell is that? Did a, tur- did a turkey gobble? No. Okay. I felt like I gobbled. I, I didn't really know what was happening. So... Shook my windows and everything, and they were like, and as soon as I got what was that out of my, I was like, what was, and it just vibrated my, and rattled me again. And like, there's, they just, all sorts of stuff is going on in Fort Benning. So when I lived at the barracks, they had something called night fire. So you'd be sitting there asleep, two o'clock in the morning, like a baby, and you hear a bike, you're like, just wake up. Listen to these sound effects. No, that's what they say. That's what they sound like. So no, there's all sorts of stuff going on in Fort Benning. So if the areas are open, yes, you can hunt them. Have I been in the wrong area? not supposed to be but i have mistakenly been in the wrong areas and i quickly got myself out of those areas allegedly allegedly you do, are, you're not technically in the wrong how area. Do you we have, don't know that for sure how do you yeah. have a tank shooting competition it's called the ganey uh, cup uh-huh. m1 abrams they shoot them i'm gonna look that up on youtube you need to come there when they're shooting and just drive down there you're gonna be driving down and you're gonna do i need like to some, call mark weeks no you can just, oh, i can call you, you okay call me, yeah. just checking so <laughs> no they have that and it's right near our range so you'll be sitting there all day and you just hear just loud thuds and noises all day all right, so you're 22 years old. You started shooting when you were 10. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, about 12. But young, all right, young shooters. Yes. All right, getting into the sport, even though you some may be 15, some may be 16, you were 12. Is there any advice that you could give yes. young shooters? Yes. Okay. Stop getting mad and there don't get mad. That is, like, I don't know. If Kevin's known me for a long time. I obviously like to eat a lot in my previous life, but I never got mad. Um no, he didn't. I don't I know if that was just a me thing or just, I, you know, I took the game that serious and that critical and there's no point in getting mad. I, re- I really couldn't tell you how I kind of developed that, but I never get angry. I'd walk out of the station and be like, I would laugh about it because deep down I was, I was pissed, but I would never show that and I never really got that mad. And I just see a lot of kids nowadays, and this is not to sound in a, in a mean way, but people, most people are not good enough to get mad. And when I say that, I mean if Anthony, Corey, Kevin, Derek, I mean if the, David, if these guys are shooting somewhere and they lost a world championship – I could understand seeing a little bit of a hissy fit. You know, they're like, you know, damn, I should have hit that. But I'm seeing kids out there to where they're doing good. You know, they're in, say, lower classes or anything like that. Even it's people in master class, getting mad is going to solve nothing. It's not going to help you at all. If anything, it's going to take you away from shooting the target and concentrating. So my biggest thing is to kids, um, stop getting mad. You know, go there to have fun, and it's just going to come. That's well said, Willie. Well said. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Getting mad, you mean like – Kicking I mean, the stand, I mean, throwing I mean, shells. I mean any of it. I mean, yeah. as far as being a recluse and not talking, throwing shells, kicking sand, throwing guns, even the slightest thing and just even looking like that and just start walking and getting pissed off. There's literally 
not that there's no place for it, but there's no reason for it. And no one can argue that no, with me. I, there's absolutely. Well, I agree with you 100%. Number one, when you get that mad, you're not processing why you missed the bird. No, you're okay. not. You're immediately so, behind the cage instead of looking out there with the target. That's right. Number two, if you ever dreamed of getting a sponsorship, you ain't getting it because you don't look you don't no, look professional. No, you're not. Angry Outfitters doesn't exist. Right. You. So <laughs> there's a lot of reasons not to get bent out of shape. Exactly. A lot of reasons. Yeah. I mean, you may be bent out of shape on the inside, but you need to not show it for sure. Right. Yep, absolutely. All right. What next? One more. Give me one more. Two young shooters. Two young shooters. Um. Okay, well, this is a big thing with me. And this is obviously how I pursued shooting. Uh, I mentioned I, you know, I took it critical and I wanted to be good at it, you know, and I did a pretty good job at it, you know. But I would say sticking with it. And what that means is all elements of it. So not necessarily the shooting and practicing side of it, because obviously people shoot in practice. Me, I do a lot of that, especially now that I'm in the Army, I probably shoot harder than a lot of people in that office because not everybody can shoot that hard, civilians. Um, but I would say experience. So for the longest time, you know, it's funny because I remember being at, say, Cherokee Rose in 2009. I think Kevin won that shooter, won FETAS or something, I remember. And him and as well as many others, you know, I would see those guys, and, I mean, they were good. I'd go shoot a course, and I would say, I broke a 91, and I'm like, I did good. Well, they go out there, and they shoot like a 96 or something like that, and I would say, why? You know, and I'm like, I, I, I take the game just as critical as them. I'm as serious about them. Got the same chokes as them on some occasions, and I'm shooting some badass shells. You know, what's the problem here? And it wasn't a talent thing either because I can go out there and break any target just like everybody, but it's an experience thing. And I can't necessarily put words to what that means as far as playing the sport, shooting it, competing, and it's just it develops over time. You know, I feel like I'm kind of at that place in bunker right now. Um, You know, I want to be good at it, but there's something to be said for experience. You can't – there's no shortcut. You just have to stick with it, not get mad at it, and just work at it. Yeah. Right. So it's not the it's not the over under it's not the shells, it's the experience and the good attitude. Absolutely, experience and good attitude. That means just you know being positive about it, taking it serious, and obviously you know being fun with it. But yeah, having a good attitude. So are you going to the Southeast Regionals? That's going to be in Savannah. I you, hope I hope you do. I do plan. I, I'll see you there. Oh right, well, let's Uh-oh. let's talk about it. Willie. We're going to get a house down there now. I want you to stay with me this no, time because I want you to actually be in the same environment as me so you don't have an edge i know you're probably doing some kind of army you had some voodoo going you're on probably out there yeah. with a snorkel or something with night yeah. vision doing had, something before yeah. you shoot i ain't real sure yeah i had a knife and i was in boxers yeah you know, on right, the grounds right. at night looking at the machines stabbing like, palm trees yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah i mean i don't know what you're doing but you know i want to be on your page. i low crawled the entire super sporting <laughs> <laughs> no, i'm just I'm kidding low crawl that's good no. i like it I like it. Uh, but yes, I do plan to be there. I do want to stay in a house. You know, this one was last minute, but I actually want to bring more people. I want to bring Derek back. You met Derek Haldeman and actually yeah. all of the office because a lot of those guys, one, they only ever shoot international games, but it's a totally different world from what I'm in now, USA shooting and even I would say the Army because it's not necessarily camaraderie or anything you see in sporting clays. And I think that's a good environment to, one, be exposed to, but two, it's fun. And it's kind of where I grew up at. Yeah. So, so what about the Olympics? Are you – trying to get to the Olympics. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's your goal. That when is, when is the next when, when is that? Is it, is it 2020 in Tokyo. Okay. So they will give away Olympic quotas. It's actually a, you know a lengthy process, but they'll give away Olympic quotas at this upcoming World Championships. Do you know how many? Yes, America gets two for bunker trap. Oh boy, that's oh tight. Boy. Yeah, exactly. And so how it works is you have to win it twice. So say you go to this World Championships, you win it. You now won an Olympic quota. Not okay. for yourself, but for your country. Yes. So now you come back here and they have something called the Olympic Trials. Mm-hmm. So now you have to reshoot a course of fire, say a selection match, say it's 500 targets, and you have to re-win that quota you won. 
So the first one is for your country. That is correct. The second one is for you. Correct. I hear you, Willie Nation. I like that. So no, the hey, reason. What's two wins to you, buddy? Yeah, ain't ain't much. Ain't nothing. Where's the third one, Alex? So, but anyway, so <laughs> so how it works is, you know, and that's to prevent countries. You know, say there's a rich individual somewhere, or some countries that don't have, say, you know, a good government or anything. Instead of, you know, some dictator saying, "Okay, I'm just going to pop up." Well, they don't do that. They actually, you have to be good enough to win your quota at a world level event, wherever they give them out. And then it goes back to your country, depending on your governing body. You know, USA shooting, that's their thing. Which it, it kind of makes sense, yes and no. You did already win it once, but I guess kind of the cream of the crop thing. Well, let me ask you this. Is is two the max? Two is the max. Okay, so you, we have the max quota for that, okay? All right, well, cool. I mean, it, I mean, it can vary. There's so many rules within ISSF. Right, you right, can get right. a wild, Glenn Eller went to the last Olympics, I believe, in a wild card slot. Yeah. So I think ISSF said, okay, he has a high enough average in all these World Cups and World Championships. We have an extra Olympic quota. He deserves to go. All right, so say, let me ask you this. Like, So when we send a team, like, for instance, when we go overseas, we have an alternate. Yes. All right, so it should, is that the same thing with Team USA? Do they have a guy that shows up in case you have a uh, get sick? No, or? so I guess you could say there's an alternate, but no, it's nothing like that. So whereas really? you know NSCA USA, you know there's yeah. somebody travel there and be yeah. there. I don't think the Olympics are like that. You know, Red, you're good, out, you're out, you're out, you're out. Okay, cut okay, gotcha. So you take one. One goes instead of two. No, if you no, have two spots, both go. But say one got sick, sick, it'd be out. Yeah. Oh, so you can shoot unless you want to shoot sick. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. That makes you not want to get sick, I guess. No, don't eat none of the, don't drink none of the water. Don't eat the sushi. Yeah. yeah. Is it no good over don't there? Don't eat the sushi. I don't know. It it's got to be good. It's what came from. It's got to be awesome. Yeah. yeah. Right. Actually, we had team who was uh, a team that was there not that long ago, and they were eating like an octopus. And yeah. If you didn't swallow it fast, it'd stick to your tongue, roof your oh. mouth, and it's just stuck. You'd like well, it, Alex. That's yeah. great. <laughs> so, Willie, where'd you go last? Over. I mean, where'd you travel? I was I was in Italy. Um, about a month and a half ago. How'd you like that? I was good. I've been there before, but it was very good. I shot shot. Shot pretty well over there. I Did you? Two targets out of the final. Shot a 119 out of 125. Yeah. First round was a 22. I had a little bit of a mix-up. Went sporting clays in a trap mode, and I missed three out of five. And then Ooh. I ran 97 on the back. Um, Look, I shot the world all around with Willie. Okay, he's one bad dude. And I'm going to just tell you, Kevin is not a trap shooter. No, 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 no. I can hit a trap target on a sporting clay course, but that whole bunker thing is out of control. All right? I can't. No. Nah. We should exchange. I needed him on super sporting, and we could have did 27-yard line other stuff then yeah yeah 27 yard line me and will shot it uh at the world all it around. was windy the, it, it was windy just the two of us and oh my gosh <laughs> it was painful he was killing them like it was nothing and i felt like i was shooting at a hundred yard i missed the first butterfly. two last two yeah he did that's right you start off and like at a shorter distance or all from no we know we at the world all around we shot from 27 yard line i got you. and <laughs> no good it was an Arizona wind was blowing. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> what kind of – tell people about your gun. What do you shoot? What, so I shoot a how do you Krieg, have it set up? I shoot a Krieg off K80, um, a 32-inch Park 4s. Uh, have Briley thin walls in it. I got it thrilled out. It's ported um, by Rhino, by Joe Morales. And I actually have a winning stock on it, so I'm a trap shooter now. So i got a trap company. Um, I you, do I do like it, though. You know, I've had, had a Greenwood. It was a great stock. Um, but I got this winning, and it's actually a really, really good stock. Is it the one you have a comb on? Yes. On yes. So I had shot a pattern. Like an adjustable. For, yep. So I shot, and I did that knowing I'd go back to sporting and changing it, and I didn't even end up changing it. I just so she, it. the same setup. Same exact setup. Is the winning stock? Uh, is is it finished or do you shoot? Oh no, the it's, it's finished. I had the pattern for a while, but no, I have a nice okay. finished stock now. It's nice, good. nice. Um, now did now did Willie Nation pay for that? Or the Army pay for that? I just acquired Every, it. Oh, I'm not. Oh, uh, ten for it, buddy. All right, winning. Winning. 
You just acquired it. It's amazing when trees fall. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. You made it yourself, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Them Turkish ones, they just fall out. (laughs) Go over there and whittle on them a little bit. So you got to talk about your – Kevin's got a – to me, it looks weird, your stock, but it's custom to you. Thank you. Everybody thinks that. Kevin's stock is not weird. It yeah, it is weird. I can tell it's very weird. <laughs> I mounted the first time and I saw a reflection of his safety and I looked at myself. I was like, Where do yeah. you put your head? He's like, You don't put your head anywhere. Yeah, Why your, would you, you do that? Chin oh, on. Boy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you put your chin he on. He does it very well, but yeah, we've always that this goes back to that polar opposite thing. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely. you kind of got a parkour stock, really. Yeah. On, on a on a pro I actually uh, a guy came for a lesson uh, a few weeks ago and he brought a pro sporter with a parkour stock on it. First one I'd held. And <laughs> dude, it pointed. I was like, that's perfect. Em- that's embarrassing. And no, I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> loved it. Really? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, you know, my face is high on the stock. That's just the way I've always been. Yeah. That's what I'm used to. Yeah. So you got a, who who built yours? I know you can talk about that. Yeah, Kriegoff International built it. So you go up there and they just. You just yeah, tell them what you want, or how does that work? Yeah, pretty much you go up there with an idea, um, and you actually get to sit there with the guy. I mean, I was there for two days, hanging out with him, watching the whole process. It was it was, it was was awesome, really neat. And a lot of people don't understand that Kriegoff International offers that. They don't really, they don't really advertise it. No, they it do whole, not, but yeah. They don't advertise it, but they got three guys in there, maybe more now, I don't know. Um, but full-time going at it. They do a lot of refinishing, you know, if you get – you know, the off-season, your gun gets beat up, which if you use it every day or, you know, shoot as much as we do, it's going to get beat up. I don't care how good you try to take care of it. They do a lot of refinishing, recheckering, all that kind of stuff, and uh, they did a good job. I mean, it's, I like it a lot. Have we ever talked about on the podcast why people buy Krigoff's, Blazers, uh, Parazzi's? Why do they spend that much money on a gun to shoot sporting? I can tell you. All right, tell us. All right, tell us. So I shot a Browning 425 uh, for a very long time. I'm a big fan of a Satori for you know a starting gun. I got to the point to where I was shooting so hard it was actually jumping open in between shots. Yeah. I ran a rubber band around the lever to the trigger guard, um, and it just goes to, it goes to one of those things. How serious do you want to take this? Is this something you want to you know just kind of want to do recreationally, or do you actually want to be competitive and kind of pursue it? And so I'd say all those guns you just mentioned are kind of I would say built to last as long as you get them serviced like you should and stuff. And it's, you're in. Going back to taking it seriously, are you, do you want to invest in this game or do you just want to play it? There's a difference. Yeah. I mean, both gun, any gun will break a target. So yeah, but. The, the difference is the, the there's quality. A but. There's, there's so much. There's a big but. That's, so, a, that's a big but. I mean, yes, any gun that will fire will break a target, okay? But, you know, there's a difference from going to Academy and buying a $200 gun, you know, to to buying a competition gun. It's a, it's a huge difference. And, and to me personally – for years and years and years, I fought the custom stock thing. I fought it and fought it. I don't need that. I don't need it till I did it. And people don't realize how important a custom stock is. I mean, that's the – if you're going to take this game serious, okay, I would actually cheapen the gun and get the stock before I'd buy – How a, cheap? Are we talking like Satori with like a stock or Beretta? Are we talking like – No. Six ninety two with a stock? I mean, what are you talking about? That's what I'm asking. Yeah. <sighs> That's a great. <laughs> I'm talking about like it. All right, this is a different one. Like not about. a crown grade, but like DT11. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, there you go. I'm talking about not spending ten grand, spending five on the gun, and making sure I get a stock, rather than spending the whole ten grand on just saying I got it. I got this gun. Okay. Yeah. I'm saying the stock is just as important. I agree. 
I mean, it, it. I mean, whatever you want to spin. I don't care what you want to spin. Zach Keenbaum was actually the one that convinced me. He's the one that convinces everybody. He, yeah, he did. He's actually. I had my first one was a Greenwood, first one I ever had, and I mean, it was great. Um, it's a sporting stock now. I'm a trap shooter, but yeah, night and day difference as far as you don't realize. And the difference is, if you mount a gun, say you walk into a station, you're fixing to shoot a pair or a target. If you mount that gun, it's right. You either, you know, some people look at their beads, some people look through the gun, but they know it's right. That's not the problem. The problem is when you shoot, you don't know if your grip, if you had too much grip, not enough, all that gets unjolted. Did your head come off? Did the yeah. gun recoil a certain way? There's all this stuff that people don't think about to where until you have it and you pull the trigger and you're right where you want to be, and then you can go somewhere else and point exactly where you want to be that shot, you, you can't really tell until you've had it. That's right. Exactly. So, because a, a standard stock that you buy from wherever, whatever it is, if it's an A400, Kriegoff, whatever it is, it's built for the average guy. Correct. Okay? Because a lot of people pick up a gun at a store or whatever, and like, it doesn't fit. Well, no kidding. Right. Okay? <laughs> Number one, they're probably too short. Mm-hmm. Most of the time they are. Okay? Which that can be, you know, that can be fixed by adding a pad or whatever. But um, custom stock's where it's at. So do you, when you, you're talking about putting a custom stock on a gun, and we've got a 16-year-old shooter that's been shooting for three years. Right. I mean, you got to no, clear so that I, up. I'll, I'll touch know. on that since I'm, you know, a younger, the yeah. youngest one here. Absolutely, I think you should finish growing. Um, you can kind of do the best you can with, say, adjustable combs. Uh, you know, if you say lose weight or gain weight, you can do adjustable butt plates for pitch and toe. Um, I know I take a little bit of right-handed toe, so I would say that's a better route than getting custom stock, unless. Unless the, the, the funds are unlimited. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's let's give a shout out to Tom Say real quick because he's had a custom stock ever since he was born. Um, so, <laughs> Tom. Tom he got is, his baby shower. He should have yeah, been there. Yeah. At his baby shower, Tom got a uh, custom stock. So, he's always shot a custom stock. And that's a bad dude. He, he is. Tom's he can, a good shot. He can shoot. Um, so, yeah. So, what he's saying is. You know, if the funds aren't unlimited, you got to work with what you got, okay? But once you've done growing, you know, you're done. You realize this, all the growing you're going to do, you're whatever. A custom stock is the best option, in my opinion, that you can help your game with. I mean, I it's, agree. It's, it's incredible what it does for and you. And if you can't afford one, you can customize the stock you've got. You can't. Well, you know, like you were just talking about. I've actually done that before. Like when Zach told me that, I was like, that's not happening, Zach. I'll make my own. You know, Willie knows. So I did that. It turned out horrible. I got Bondo, Car Bondo. <laughs> I don't do cars. I don't do stocks, evidently, either. Hey, Alex, you can touch on this. Yeah, I you do. You do Bondo. <laughs> I do Bondo. I don't do stocks. So that's a whole other animal. Oh, okay. Yeah, and so, and there's also um, my cousin Gray. He used to shoot a lot with us. He doesn't shoot as much anymore. He actually bought a winning blank, and my uncle, Bo, Clint's dad, actually, you know, kind of rasped it out and stuff and finished it. So, I mean, there's, there's stuff you can do, but... Here's the part two to that. There's part two to everything. You have to be knowledgeable about knowing what you need. Yeah. It's like, you know, do you think Kevin walked to KI and let a guy who sits beside a bench, you know, they're great at what they do and they know a lot. He's like, here's what you need, partner. And you're like, no, no, I don't. No, 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 no. I want to parkour on a pro sport. He's <laughs> right. like, what? Yeah, just and do it. <laughs> so, so I think you need, to ha- you need to understand, you know, even as far, I would say, as far as length on how much rib height you want to see. Um, there's a lot of stuff where you need to actually have an idea of what you want because I've seen a lot of people um, and this is more of kind of the people who don't take it seriously they just want a custom stock walk in there and somebody tells them what they need whether it's right whether it's wrong it's just their opinion because there's some people it's like Kevin is Kevin a textbook shooter by his thinking obviously yes and it works very well but to a lot of people they're like no look at Zach he's like Kevin you'd be so much better right no I'm joking but so there's stuff like that you actually you have to you have to have an (laughs) idea of what you need and what you want especially talking about a stock, you know, like both times I actually got one, 
and had a pattern, I kind of had a roundabout idea what I wanted. Well, let's talk about that too, okay? So what a lot of people don't understand is they look at this bottom dollar, okay? They look at what it costs to get a pattern. They look at what it costs to get a finished piece of wood, and they're like, wow, you know, I could have anywhere from four grand to whatever. Sky's the limit. Sky's the limit. But what they don't understand, especially even these youth guys that want to be really good, you can get a pattern stock, okay, for and reason. Shoot, and shoot and it. And shoot it. I've shot, I've been shooting a pattern stock until I got this finished winning for three and a half years. Yeah. You can, you can whatever, paint it, stain it, whatever, yep. and, and make it look decent and shoot it. Doesn't really matter what what the stock looks like as long as the score looks right. It's all right. about scoreboard. That's right. Yep. Dead birds. Yep. So, if, so if somebody's shooting a factory stock, Yep. Okay, they've been shooting for three or four years. They've yep. grown well. They're shooting good. And do they expect to pick up targets immediately? Do they expect to? How does? I, I would say it can vary. I would say, and again, this is my opinion. People could disagree. I would say yes because it's one of those things you don't realize. You know what I noticed mostly when I shot a, stock, a standard stock. I was mounting my head a certain way. I was gripping differently because I would say a palm swell actually has a lot to do with it. You know, especially mm-hmm. being a trap shooter now. Um, so you think a palm swell is good? Yeah, 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 because you have to think about it like this. Okay, obviously you want to shoot relaxed. If a tight muscles tight, if you have a muscle tight, you're not going to be as smooth and as fluid as you would be. So certain times you might be gripping a smaller forearm, and then when you pull the trigger, guess what? Your hand's naturally going to relax. It's going to get jolted. It's going to get shook around. So imagine having a forearm that fit it and having it relax the whole time. That's the name of the game. Okay. So it's stuff like that, you know, especially with the toe, the pitch, the grip, and the comb. That makes a huge difference. You don't realize until you've had it. That's right. It's just like when we used to you used to play baseball, right? Yes. Okay. So if you're shooting a custom, if you're shooting a custom stock, it's like putting in your broken glove every time. Okay. It's like your yes. glove's broke in, and yes. when it gets on your hand, it fits you. The next guy puts it on. Is like, how do you catch anything? With exactly. It? Because well, it fits me. Exactly. You know. So it's a, it's a real good comparison. You know. Um, you know, I've shot I shot a standard stock for a long time and shot some good scores, but my scores would fluctuate up and down, and my bottom end would would not be great. Now my bottom end, if I have a rough day, it's not terrible. I have a question for you. Okay. Do you have a parallel comb? <laughs> That's a good question. All right, so it is not – It no. I will say no. Okay. Okay. It is not parallel. It is not. Is there a reason for that? Yeah. Just your fit? It's my fit, and again, I keep my head way up, as you know. Yes, you do. Okay, so I finally said, look, I want a stock where I don't have to force the way the picture looks. I want it to be natural. Right. Okay, so that's what I did. Okay, I sat there and whittled on it, whittled on it. For hours, we whittled on it, and a little more, a little more, a little more, and uh, finally we got it where we wanted it, and uh, it's it's awesome. It's not a whole lot different than Gebbin stock to be honest with you I've pointed Gebbin stock his is a little his is a little meatier than mine okay. looks like it's longer than yours too no possible way what no it's, it's not I don't so think long. I pointed Gebbin's gun and uh, it, it, it's real similar you know he pointed mine he's like eh, I don't know about this blah 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 he's trying to give a shout out to his Shirley brothers deal which hey, they're an awesome that, stock that pecan wood is that what yeah. that is the, it's gotta be yeah oh, it's so good looking. <laughs> yeah. What, what kind of wood was that? Pecan wood. Uh, oh, well, let's let's talk about that. What do you, how, which way do you say it? I say pecan. I say, no, I say pecan. Pecan? That's pecan. what I said the first time. I actually, I'm just I actually, I say what pecan. What do you say? I say it's pecan. It's pecan. Pecan. Yeah, uh, pecan. Alex yeah. says pecan. No, what pecan. do you say? Yeah. We say I, good. I don't know. I'm torn. <laughs> <laughs> that would go with. What do you say? 
pecan. Peak, yeah, unless you're talking ice cream. Pecan. Yeah. Alex just says nuts. <laughs> pecan. Weird. Yeah, if it's nuts. Ice, if his ice cream is pecan, it's pecan. <laughs> All right, I got a question. This wow. is this is one that we would probably never think of. So when you go to a big shoot and you're there with all your friends and people you hadn't seen in a while, and he walks up and you're shooting a K80 and he walks up with a, a brand new Parazzi, and you're about to go shoot Maine, and you're like, oh, let me try to shoot that gun on the make or break and see how I like it. <laughs> okay, so is that something you shouldn't do because you're about to go? You, you, you follow what I'm saying? No, I do, and I think that goes back to a confidence thing. You know, if you're shook by something like that, then obviously no. But I mean, most of these guys at the top level, you're going to be confident in your game. It's like me. I have a selection match in nine days, but I got some new barrels, and I tried them one round today. You got new barrels? Yeah, I actually got some 30 inch standard because it's kind of in the future. But anyway, no, I'm shooting my current gun, but I did try them. I'm you got not, what? He retired his old barrels. I have not for retired my old barrels for sporting only. No, you I'm got some twenty six. What? I got some thirty inch oh, standard. Thirty barrels. inch. So, okay. but no, I'm still shooting my same gun I was shot. But I would say it depends on confidence. Standard, not the parkour barrels. Not standard. the parkour. It's a standard. Yep. Does that fit on a parkour? Yeah. I mean, I know it will. Yeah, but if it's on a receiver, you need a different fore end wood, not the iron. Um, it has to be kind of inleted out. So you can take a parkour, put standard barrels on it, and change the forearm. Well. Hold on. You got to speak in terms of receiver. They're okay. all K80 receivers. All right. So it's parkour stock. Yes. I thought you had to change the stocks when you did that. You don't necessarily have to. I mean, it's not going to fit the best, but if it has a comb, you can raise it up. It has gotcha. a little higher rib. Gotcha. Okay. It That's all what needs I meant, to be so. fit. All right. But I would say it's it depends on confidence. Who's, would, the, who's the best person to do all that? If you wanted to do that. Tim. What? Yeah. You're talking about Kriegoff? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get Tim to do it. Yeah. Tim Ward from DuPont Kriegoff. I mean, a lot of people can do it, but I mean, that's what he does. He yeah, does that everything. dude is okay. a machine. Like, you're, <laughs> I remember you can have a major breakdown. That dude can fix it. I, like, like I had one, and he fixed it over the phone. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's I, impressive. No, I called him and I said, I got a shoot coming up this this weekend, and I was out practicing, and it's doing this. He said, Oh, the little spring thing with the thing and thing. <laughs> yeah, you get it down here. I'll fix it in five minutes. Alex had a sawzall out. It didn't work. Yeah, no. sawzall. He did, Tim does not carry. No, a sawzall. Tim hit it with a ball ping hammer. Went right back in. It, ain't, it has not failed me yet. Good yeah. to go. Yeah, cool. That's one cool. thing about Tim. He knows what he is doing. No doubt. No doubt. So, yeah. so did we get into what you're using the 30 inch barrels for? Yes. So that's bunker trap. If you want me to talk about that, um, it's just kind of a theory I have on what I'm doing. I kind of revamp my bunker game because for the longest time I've been shooting bunker as a sporting clay shooter, and you know. Stings a little bit to say this, but I'm a bunker trap shooter now. Um, so I kind of have, mm. <laughs> so I kind of have an idea of where I want to go with it, and you know, kind of the changes I want to make. Um, and that's just one of them. A shorter. Well, wait a minute now. So yes. does all right. So who are the bunker shooters there? You shoot with in the army. Mm-hmm. You have Glenn Eller. Yep. Josh he, Richmond. They shoot thirty. Thirty twos. Okay. Josh Richmond shoot thirties. Okay. Jeff Holgeen, twenty nine and a half Parazzi. Derek Haldeman, thirty twos. Alex Renner, 32s. Rachel shoots 30s. We have a girl on our team. Um, so, I mean, it just depends. Are we talking overseas? Are we talking in the Army? No, I'm just talking about around because I know Anthony. Anthony shoots 32s, yeah. Yeah, but because he doesn't want to. Well, here, here's what I'm getting at. Okay. Okay, so you're you're coming from a dead gun. Okay. Okay, you don't know where the target's going. So you're, you need there to is, move. There is a fast move that has to happen. Yes. Initially, okay, now there's a part two. Part two being you're you going to. you got to slow it down. Right, which I had a problem with. So people are thinking, they're like, okay, well, I don't want a light gun on the front end because I'm going to move it. I'm going to whip it so fast. You can control that. It's manipulating it on the back end once you're at the target. Because if you get some 32s rolling, especially pro sporter 
On the oh, front yeah. end, you're just going to move, and you're going to get to a target, and you're going to come through at Mach 3. You, naturally, it's science. You have to go faster than the target to get there, but once you get there, in order to kind of slow down or pause on it, any type of connection, bunker, it's difficult, one, because the target's going away extremely fast, but two, when you build all that speed with a longer, heavier barrel and all that momentum carries in there, I would say it's harder to kind of connect or not necessarily match the speed, but I would say connect in how you do in bunker. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking 30-inch barrels, you can have a less, less effort will go into your initial move, and you can manipulate it and control the speed better getting to the bird. Do you weight your gun on the front end? Your parkour, is it weighted? Uh, yeah, I prefer mine that way. I don't, you know, a lot of bunker shooters shoot a lively gun, stock heavy or something like that. Mine's pretty neutral. Mine's a touch uh, butt heavy. Um, yeah. Just because, you know, I got a lot of wood in my stock and big guy. Um, but when I shot sporting, yeah, it was it was front heavy. But now, no, the barrel's floated just a little bit. It's it's almost it's almost dead even, right behind the hinge pin. Yeah. Cool. Well, this is a good conversation. Yeah. I think everybody should get a, a little bit of something out of this one. Yeah, for well, sure. Will Will talks really yeah. well. I, I mean, uh, so you said earlier that the army is looking for women. Yes, um, we actually hired a new girl. I actually, she's from Wisconsin. I believe she's from Wisconsin for a bunker trap shooter. Yeah, and, and the Army's constantly changing. Um, it depends if people kind of re-enlist, whether that's their choice or whether they can't be because it's not like once you're there, you're there. Well, how many do you have right now? Fifteen. No, how many women? Two. How many are they looking for? As of now, none because we just okay. had a new one. But their slot's always opening. That's what I'm saying. So say you talk to us in four years. You know, if there's a lot of young shooters, I got asked loads of questions at Georgia State. Like, yeah. Man, my son's in high school. He wants yeah. to join the Army. Do what you're going to do. Should I tell him to go and listen to your recruiter? And I was like, <laughs> not if you like him, no. Right. No, you should not. Right. Um, so it just depends. So let's say in four years, you know, people could leave whether they want to, whether, you know, they, they get told to leave or um, more spots get available or something like that. Right. So it's, so, it's kind of constantly changing. Um, so this is a question then that, where that leads me to is this, okay? Say there's that kid out there that's really serious and good, yes. okay? Say he's two years out of being where to, to enlist or whatever you got to do. Yes. Who does he need to rub elbows with? You? He needs to he go needs, to his local Meadows shooting school instructor, Kevin yeah, Michael. I understand. Then he can talk to Will. Well, so uh, it, but no, so yeah, so obviously, you know, I'm a nice guy. Um, I'm always there if anybody has any questions. So yes, I, I'm in the Army, plan to be there for a while, unless if it ends up I'm not there for some reason, I'm not there. Uh, but as long as I'm there, I'm more than happy to ask questions or anything. So, so you have to be, say you've got a shooter, women, or I guess you could say girls, or, or you know, wanting to come up and go to the Army to shoot. Is did, what, are the, what are the requirements? What so do you have to do? there's, you know, it, it just kind of floats. It depends on who you are. You know, obviously they, you know, they hired Vinnie Hancock. He was actually there, I would say, probably around six years. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Um, but he was a very accomplished shooter. So what you have to realize, too, about the AMU is it's not a, I would necessarily say, a developmental place on the front end. It's more of a, okay, this guy came, he was an established dominant shooter in this sport. Let's carry that over into another sport like me. You know, I was a great sporting shooter, and now I shoot bunker. Good sporting shooter. I don't know about great. But now I shoot bunker, okay? Uh, so We'll call you great, Willie. Thank you. You were part of the dream team. Nice. Yeah. So, the, I, so the, you know, I had the we ability. We still talked about that. We yeah, will. Yeah. So, you know, I had the ability to win and stuff in a certain sport, and you can, that can actually carry over really well. Um, it's not a developmental place on the front end. So what I mean by it, it's not like, okay, well, he's SCTP national champion. <laughs> Nothing against that, but that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for shooters who already know how to win, who already have won, and we want to put them in there and put them on a bigger stage. You know, you're, it's, it's not necessarily, you know, I don't get stressed out by it, but 
your job is to shoot and win. And that's not even, it's not, right. it's not, you should, it's expected of you. You just put out uh, something out there that uh, I talk about a lot. All right. You just put out that SCTP thing. Okay. So for me to get to where you want to be, I believe me, I think SCTP is great. I can answer this. I was in both. Okay. I think SCTP is great. Now around making all the private high schools here. Yes. Georgia have, Interdependent High School. They've yep. got shooting teams. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. All right. I, I think being involved with both of those is great, but I think it handicaps you a little bit um, if you're putting all your time into that and not shooting this register stuff because you shot a lot of register stuff. I did. So and I, you got your name out there that way. It wasn't through SCTP. Correct. Okay. I shot SCTP because I was bored and I had nothing to do. Okay. It's a great program. Um, it's great getting kids started. It's actually my first event I ever shot, but absolutely. If you want to pursue it and you want to get on the stage, you go to where to play the game, and that's you know NSCA registered tournaments. I agree. Regionals, the championship tour, which that's the U.S. Open Nationals and your regionals, and then you know your registered shoots around your house. Yeah, because I mean we've got some kids around here, man. I'm telling you, that are are awesome. Like I'll throw one out there, Andrew Wykey. He won the it's a great uh, he, mount. <laughs> whatever, kid can shoot. I don't care no, how he's, he mounts. He's good. I'm actually I had the privilege of meeting him this weekend. And so I talked to him the other day after he won the double A, and I was like, dude, next year we got to go after this championship tour. I want you to go with me. Let's go shoot all the regionals and U.S. Open nationals. Get your name out there. You know that's the way you get it out there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, SCTP is great, but even if you win, even if you win the nationals at SCTP nobody no one knows you and I'm not being mean by saying no, that I'm not but being it's, mean either no. it's a it's a great introductory sport or a place to you know association I think it's really good for getting you the initial novice level of experience in competing um, but like Kevin said you know my first tournament was with Matt Fisher at the Gamel Cup we had no clue what we were doing but we did it and now we're here right he's in Texas I'm here right um, but yeah so absolutely I would say you know kind of once you get a feel for it Expose yourself, and I would, and I would say even beyond that, I would say other disciplines and stuff like that too, just to actually gain. So that you edge. wait a minute now. Let's back this thing oh, up. Oh yeah. So are you saying you and Matt Fisher got to where you are because of? Did I hear you because of me? I Is said, that what you I said? said Gamel Cup, not Kevin DeMichael. Oh, for some reason I misunderstood that. You have clouded judgment <laughs> I, with I yourself. Just, I got foggy well, there. Kevin, why are you like forty-five and I'm like not 20. forty-five? First of okay. all. Okay. It's a spiritual thing. He's spirit animals like a college junior. I'm like, look at this guy right here riding around with these two yeah. young kids. I'm a permanent 42. <laughs> I'll never move off of it. Don't take your hat off. People will change your mind. Yeah. Nice. Dream team. Alex, no qu- dream team. Alex, no questions? <laughs> I'm still working on it. I'm still. This is a big one. I can't I'm wait. It's you. just a fixture. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah. You you mesmerize me with your words. And, He's got words, and doesn't he? He's so witty. Did they teach you a class on that? They didn't. Well, he, he had to have a public Alex, speech. Did you have public speech? You got to be the ball, not the egg. <laughs> ball bounces back, the egg breaks. Mm. Wow. So Resiliency. <laughs> I want you to read the text you sent Alex last night about coming here. Oh, no. That was. No, 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 no. That was. <laughs> I, I the only thing I wish is I could have seen his response when he read it. There is a Oh, you sent it to me. I said, "All right, well, I don't know what that means, but sounds good." Did you show it to Kevin? No. no. You should let Kevin read it. Since since Willie has joined the army, I feel like I have to talk to him in army talk. <laughs> <laughs> so so I copy and Roger everything he says. Okay. He he walked into that. He could have said, "Okay, gotcha. See you tomorrow." He hit me with affirmative. Oh, yeah, affirmative. I, I, affirmative. Well, <laughs> That led into a paragraph yeah. of, of his response, which could have been you know, summed you know up what? in okay. But, <laughs> yeah. but it was could have been okay. Yeah, yes. it could have been okay. It was a Roger break. When I approach checkpoint alpha, I will hail you on the 
I don't even know what that word is. When the eagle leaves the nest. Super net. Right. Yeah. Yep. And then he gave me a frequency, which was my phone number. <laughs> <laughs> we got a hot open code, 30 mics out, Fargo, four-digit grid, which was the it's the address here. <laughs> we got a break, rendezvous, call sign Barker. A so- <laughs> That's funny. I mean, I said, Alex, all that meant was, all right, I'll be there around 6 yeah. o'clock. Yeah, Thank you for that. understanding. Alex was blown away. <laughs> yeah, was Alex like, had a map and a compass out walking in circles. Yeah. <laughs> Alex thought Willie called a coordinates in. He was, he, he, yeah, ready he, for was he was going underground. I was. I almost sent him a longitude and latitude. Alex, I'm calling for fire and making. You should probably yeah. leave. <laughs> funny. It was a whiskey hotel. I Those are my initials. Will Hinton, whiskey hotel. It's phonetic. See, I, I, I never caught on to that. Yeah. I just do that just to keep your brain spinning. a little spinning. awkward. Yeah. Hey, you want to you want to talk about awkward? We'll give in between events. We'll give Alex me was a, flagging everybody with a pistol in the parking lot. Oh Let's gosh. just put that out no, there. No, I was not. It was a. Can you was, talk about the training with a pistol? Yes. Um, this is cool. Well, it's not cool, but it's. And I, I am a professional by no means, but being in the unit I'm in, we have all different types of sections. We have action shooting team, international pellet rifles. It's very difficult, by the way. Are you kidding me? Pellet rifle team? No, it's international rifle team. It's Olympic sport, ISSF. So we have that axe and shooting team, service rifle, service pistol. And actually being around all those guys, it's the equivalent of being around to the greatest in this sport, but in those disciplines. Because when you're in the Army, you're the best of the best. That's what they do. And um, I actually had like a little pistol seminar or you know, like because I work with them. I see them and I actually, I bought a new pistol and they're like, well, hey, why are you holding that thing like that? And you're like, well, that's how you shoot it. And they're like, no, no, it is not. So I, sh- I was showing Alex a new pistol I bought. It's like a race pistol. Pretty cool gun. Yeah. Um, it's ported. It, he, he mounted it. It was weird. It is the like, slide ported or the barrel ported? The slide is ported. The okay. barrel's not ported. I think the grip's ported. It's, it's, <laughs> not, it's all the way ported. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I gave him, I show, showed it to him, and I saw him, like, how he was shooting, and I was like, he's going to shoot it, and it's going to hit him in the forehead because it's going to bounce back. <laughs> um, and so we had, like, a little seminar, you know, keeping strong grip on your left hand. I didn't even get to the tendon lockout, Alex. You got to. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, it was pr- pretty neat. Um, but that that was it. Yeah. He gave me the whole rundown, and he's like, "You gotta rip it, and then you rip it." No. And I, I, I like, always, all right, ten cup. <laughs> we're out in the parking lot waving pistols around. It was unloaded. It was, un- and it was not a real gun. Yeah. It's a water pistol. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's just it's one of those things being being around everybody in the army in those sections. Like I said, you know, they're the best at what they do, and learning and hearing what they have to say is like. I was never an expert pistol shot. If you are and you're sitting at this table, I'm very impressed because you're a trigger slapper. Well, Kevin will be good. No, and so no, I have one pistol, and if you break in my house, I'm going to blow your eardrums out before I kill you. He's I going to shoot at you. He's going to shoot at you as fast as you can. He's going to chunk it at you and grab a shotgun. Pretty much. And and I actually I learned how to shoot a pistol. I always the only reason I told him that is I know how I shot a pistol and I know how I am now, which is not good compared to a lot of people, but it's significantly better and it's. Spread the love, Alex. I appreciate it. You're welcome. All right, one more, one more, one more question. All right, before before we close the show, let's talk about the dream team. All right, now, I, I, we're I mean, missing one. We I, are missing one. Poor Matt Fisher. Yeah, but how did it start? What is it? Et cetera, et cetera. All right, we'll go with it. All right, the, I'm not real sure how it started. The dream team. So there's the version where it's just three superior shooters decide to team up and join forces to take over the PSCA. Here we go. Then there's the version where three economical, not having a lot of monetary wealth shooters decide to team up and split hotel rooms, golf carts, and rental cars that for some reason always got dinged and scratched. Yes, and we had a good time. It was we did. We had a great time. But that's that's honestly how it happened. Um, We're all three from Georgia. I actually never say I wouldn't say talk to kids, but I never really know 
hung out with Kevin Lott or anything like that. And we just, we all three made it on the PSCA. And it was kind of one of those things. We split hotel, golf cart, and rental car. And it turned out to be extremely fun. We became really close, really it good was, friends. And we shot it. We All right, so this is how it went. We shot that was the second year uh, we, we shot together, all three of us. Yeah, and, then and they, they, made they a changed rule. the rules. They made a rule where it was random squatting where you couldn't shoot, and we, we Be- pretty much took that. It was directed toward us. Absolutely. We yeah. wouldn't have made a name if we would have said performed poorly, but, I mean, we're talking in the final top eight. All three of us were there almost every time. Every time. I mean, if yeah. you, and then and the best thing was is when one or, say, two wasn't there, oh, we'd be yelling louder than anyone. and it, I mean, it was great, really good. Every, everybody loved it. Some people yeah. didn't like it. It was no, nah, it was good. Uh, I enjoyed it. So yeah. when did the dream team end? It, it, it ain't over. You just it's never wait. really over. It's it just kind of shifts directions. It's not over. Once Willie gets out of the army and Matt has four kids, we'll be back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'll finally be your age then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'll still be forty-two. Yeah. What, <laughs> Kevin? What you got in there? Is that oxygen tank? Yeah, that's oxygen. <laughs> yeah. So, was it safe to say Will's probably the youngest person that's got on the PSCA like that? I, so, I can answer that, yes. So, the first year, it was actually invitation only, and yes, I was the youngest. Um, but then, as the years went on, there was there was all these qualifiers. There was, a I think, a point system on how you could get on. There was a lot of young people. I think Tom Say made it. Yep. Very good shot, by the way. He's young. I know Bryce Grantham's younger than me. But initially starting out, yes, I was the youngest person. So, the, when it started, you had to be invited to it. Yeah, the first year, you got a phone call from Dan Carlisle and says, Hey, hey, bub. Hey, bub. We're going <laughs> to put you on there. Yeah. So, yeah. You talk about some targets. And they were serious targets. <laughs> it was stupid. Stupid targets. Yeah, it's crazy. I walked up there like, yeah. I mean, literally, there were some stations where they threw a pair, and you're like, all right, if I get one of these. Three out of eight. They had two stands in the final, and I remember shooting three out of eight on some stands, and I was like, you get you some of that, boys. Yeah. Better than two. That's right. Exactly. What was was that? Go ahead, Alex. You were also the youngest Georgia State champion. Was I? Oh, yeah, that was in 2013. 13. 13. Are you a two-time champion? Oh, yeah. Kevin? Two-time. Two times. That's why I said we're tied. He was like 14 Next when he year, won the first one. Big Red Oak Showdown. Kevin, Kevin if, was if 41. Will can get off. We'll call, ha- we'll be, call. No, that's only 40 that, minutes away. I'll be there for that. And that happens to be we where we got to call Mark Weeks for that? Nope. Oh, be there. okay. You'll he be won up. his first one there, actually. Big Red Oak. It was announced what, it, yesterday. It was. It was announced. Big Red Oak. Night, uh, 2000, whatever year we're in, is going to be the uh, Georgia State Championship it's next be year. 2019. Yeah. All right. So we're done. All right. We'll talk to y'all next Tuesday. Now how we do it. In a five-star casino, shutting crap tables down. Now I'm betting Willie Watch is standing around. Strictly millionaire status. You can feel the eyes looking at it. Go check out our website, BehindTheBreak.com, where all of our podcast episodes are listed. Also, if you subscribe to iTunes Podcast, leave us a good review. We'd appreciate it.